Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. As we've transitioned from Advent into Christmas season and now in Epiphany, we see a great transition. We see the story of hearing Elizabeth being pregnant with John, Mary being pregnant with Jesus. We then transcend in our story um, as uh, we have Epiphany and the, the uh, three kings coming forth. And then we have this period of time, and we've skipped way ahead in the life of Jesus and John, as we see in this gospel. Now, in other previous gospels, you'll see some mention of Jesus um, in the temple preaching as a young, young boy, of course. But here we are, we've skipped way ahead here in this time. And I'm always, uh, as I looked at, these go- at this gospel and, and looked at the other gospels in comparison uh, to this similar story with this baptism of Jesus, I thought, now think about it, basically John and Jesus are in the same type of, they're about the same age, right? They're, they were both born around the same time, so they knew of each other, their mothers knew of each other, and I thought, what an amazing um, connection that John had with Jesus. So he knows him, he's friends with him, and yet takes this great moment of realization through prayer and understanding to realize that his friend is God, Um, which when you think about it, is really amazing. I mean, this person standing here that you've known for all this time, and instead of outright rejecting him and saying, that can't be, how can this guy I know be the savior of the world? Instead, he goes into a completely different path. And like I, I thought about it the other day, I thought, he, John knows he's great as a person, as, a, as God's child, but he is not the greatest. And for all of us in our own lives, we go through that all the time, right? Because uh, our world teaches us other things, doesn't it? It teaches us to grab as much as you can, take it in, hold it together, you know, whether it be money or power or um, whatever it is, uh, you're always trying to get more and more. That's what the world has been teaching us. And so instead, he does exactly the opposite. He says, I'm great, but I'm not the greatest. So as we see this, this is really important because when he says this, he's basically fulfilling the scripture that we're seeing in the Old Testament with Isaiah. We see an interesting part here. Um, And so when he becomes right with God, we can look to this previous, this, this passage in the Old Testament to tell us how God will react to us. Essentially saying, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, things get really difficult. Sometimes we feel uh, when we pass through waters, whatever they are, whether they're literal water, whether they're uh, difficult times in our life which stretch us, which uh, give us um, pause, um, 
Maybe we're in a perpetual river at times and feel like we just keep swimming and swimming and we never seem to get out of that river, right? This is where God is fulfilling the scripture by saying, Jesus will be with us through those times while we go through those paths. And then the other part of this that is really interesting for me personally. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. Now, I read that to be the Holy Spirit, the, the fire of the Holy Spirit that, that is surrounding but not consuming. Um, and it was probably about a month ago, and I don't even remember how it came up, but I was talking to uh, my daughter, Ellery. She's about five. She um, has some special gifts in, in the sense that um, she, uh, when you talk about God, she has an understanding about Jesus. She has an understanding of faith. And I don't even know how it was brought up, uh, but I said, uh, "Where, you know, where's Papa Chud? Papa Chud is my dad, who died about uh, almost about four years ago." And he had said, "She had said this." She, I said, "Where's Papa Chud?" He says, "Well, he's in fire." And I said, "Oh, he's in fire. Okay, I don't really like the sound of this, but okay, we'll keep going. I'll play along." And she said. Well, he's in fire, but he's not being burnt. And I said, okay. I said, what kind of fire is that, Ellery? She says it's a special fire. And I thought back to this passage right here in Isaiah, where the fire will walk through fire and we shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. And I was blown away by that. I was like, okay, so I think she's talking about something else. And then, of course, Ellery talks about something else completely unrelated, like her toy or you know, whatever else is watching on television. But sometimes she says these amazing things and I'm kind of perplexed by them. And so I go back to an understanding of what that means. And then as we go along, we think about what baptism means to all of us. For myself, I was baptized as a baby, so I can't remember that. I can only hear the stories of it from my family. So then I can look ahead to the times in my life where baptism was significant in seeing other people be baptized. There was one when I was about 18 that I'll never forget. I'd gone to a thing called Happening in, um, um, in West Texas, Diocese of West Texas. It was in Seguin. Um, they have them at the churches there. And so we were all having a weekend time uh, to be together, to learn more about Christ and how, it, how uh, Christ will be in our lives, particularly. And then um, there was a moment, there was a, a guy who brought one of his friends. He had been um, wasn't raised in the church, but was interested. And so he went through the whole weekend um, with all of us. And at one point, he said uh, to the, the minister, I want to be baptized. And uh, so they, you know, did the right thing. They talked to the parents and all that kind of stuff. Was it okay? You know, because he was still a minor, and that would be kind of a big thing you need to ask your parents about. And his parents were fine with it. And then there was a moment um, right before, we didn't even know this, but right before we were all gathered together, there was probably 75 teenagers, and um, there was a moment in one of our final services together where uh, the priest stood up and said, um, you know, someone would like to say something. And this kid, he got up and just said, I want to be baptized. Now, we all are very celebratory in our own instance when we see somebody baptized here. It's a celebratory time. We clap. We have joy, um, but I can't, I'll never forget the response that we had from that, and it was when he told us, all of us got up and cheered. I'd never seen a standing ovation so fast. I mean, we were so excited for him. We had that outpouring 
of the Holy Spirit in us, and also um, in, that, in that day, he, he had that indwelling of the Spirit himself. Another one I'll never forget, of course, was when I got the opportunity to baptize El Rey. El Rey, um, I was a chaplain at the time at St. Luke's, um, and so our home church was at St. Andrew's in the Heights down the, down the street there, and, um, and they were very gracious to let me baptize her. I couldn't never uh, forget that moment, just the connection to feel, um, to be a part of something like that, where you have such a connection with God, you have a, such a connection with your children, and getting to see those moments as well. Another one that really struck me happened here, actually, about, uh, I want to say it was about two or three years ago, and that was when um, Steve Lee was actually baptized. And if you know Steve, um, had never been baptized, and I mean, he's a very wise man, has lots of life experience, and to, never, to go all through all that time in his life and then to be baptized was an amazing thing because a lot of us take for granted those connections that we have with Christ. We're baptized as children, we're raised in the church, our parents are making promises for us, so a lot of times we don't take a lot of possession of our own um, relationship to God. It's been done by someone else. And that was what was so striking about Steve is Steve was making this adult decision. And that was always something that struck me as well. Um, one of the themes that, that I sense in these passages as we go through this season, um, through Christmas and now into Epiphany, is I talked about on December 30th what I thought a lot of our scripture was telling us. And it was about having this big hug from God. How we have this real connection, that God is right there with us through these times, through whatever is going on in our lives, and we are being hugged. And I don't know about you, but um, getting a really caring hug can mean a lot. It means that we're loved and cared for despite what's going on. So as you can see, as we go into um, that, I think a lot of what the gospel is saying to me is as the people were filled with expectation and all who were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not, worth, unworthy, I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He's making that understanding. He's basically saying, I'm great, but not the greatest. And so God in turn is showing him that love. We even see in the Acts passage where they are basically, um, Peter and John are laying hands and, and they are receiving the Holy Spirit in Samaria. So those people in Samaria had heard the word of God and they accepted it. They were open to it. And I think that's a lot of where we need to be in our lives, is our attitude towards God. It's about our attitude in connection to how we understand to live our life. Um, you know, when we talk about that fire that's unquenching, when Jesus was talking about that fire, at the, the, John was talking about that fire at that time in that passage, they're really talking about a garbage dump that is down the way. It's, it's where this fire is continually burning always. It's not a place you want to be. It's smelly. It's where they would take bodies. Not a great place. And that's what they refer to as hell. And, and so I looked at that and I thought, all right, well, if your whole life is not is thinking you're the greatest and that it's all about becoming great and awesome, you're creating your own personal hell in a way because you're never going to have enough. 
You're never going to have enough power, enough money. You're always going to be wanting more and more and more and never feel that peace that you can have when you have that connection to Christ where you can be in that place of connection and peace and love. And that's where you're going to be fulfilled. So when we continue to do that in our own lives, we get back to that connection. We get back to that understanding and we continue in a life that isn't always searching and always wanting more, but being at peace. So remember this, where I think John is saying this, and we can all say it too, I'm great, but not the greatest. Amen.